AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're just two unapologetically black women with an opinion who talk back. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in for a new episode of We Talk Back, a show dedicated to these niggas and you hoes. And it's your girl, AJ Holiday. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. What's up, girl? <laughs> y'all, it's Tam Bam. I love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in again. We missed y'all since last Thursday. <laughs> How was your weekend, girl? Rainy. It was rainy this weekend, but I did manage to get out the house, put my face on, took a goddamn gummy, and didn't really make it out the house. Damn, because of the gummy? Yes. You in your little gummy situation, because I remember just a couple weeks ago, you had another gummy situation. Listen. Are you a gummy addict now? I don't know. Gummatic? I like deep sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me and my homegirl said we was, we was gonna make some t-shirts that say i love to lay down because bitch when i tell you i love to lay down mm. don't let me lay down i had my mind made up that i was going out i laid down with a face full of makeup well let me tell you what i did on friday 
I bike 16 and a half miles in wow. 45 minutes. That's the most I've ever done. The most I've ever done in that 45 minute session. I was getting it. She had what that kind of bikes they got? It's a station. Is it, um, is it Schwinn? It's, Schwinn bikes? I don't know, girl. Who I do look, you go to? What's I go place? today. Cycle bar. Oh, yeah. They got Schwinn bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go there. I'll go today um, at 530. I love it. I love spin class. I love spin too, girl. That is my new favorite shit to do. And then after that, I uh, I, I saw Lil Baby. It was random. Uh, one of my friends from uh, Capitol, he was here with Baby. And was like, come out. I got a ticket for you. So I went to the show. And I walked past all my old niggas up to the front. <laughs> right up to the <laughs> stage. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I literally had to like walk past one of my old niggas with some girl and they was like standing in the aisle. I was like, excuse me, move bitch. I ain't say move bitch, but that's how, that's the energy. That's the energy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was so excellent. Ain't nothing like a future flex. Like you get to flex with a nigga right quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's really all because it did rain. So after that, I just kind of chilled for the rest of the weekend. I mean, I went to work, of course, but after that, I just chilled. Nothing else. Just a little quick flex on these hoes. <laughs> Pussy ass hoes. <laughs> Listen, we're going to start Stupid Internet News off with uh, a song. Go ahead. You don't know the pain oh, that I feel. That's not Stupid Internet News. It's not, but it is news. You're taking our love I'm for granted. And then you just want to see, see it your it way. way. <laughs> this hey. is the late. Hey, <laughs> y'all rest in peace to our good sister. Yeah, Irish from 702. You know, her sister passed away in 2008 from kidney her twin. failure. Yeah. Her twin sister. And now they're saying she passed. I don't know why. They just said she was battling some disease for a while. Mm-hmm. I love 702, man. That was one of my favorite groups. The girl 702, groups. Black, Jade, SWV, all of them that from that time, What happened man? to black girl groups? I don't know. Destiny Child's yeah, killed we him. We missed it. We missed it. We missed them. Yeah. Yep. So rest in peace to her. All right. So now, yeah, Jeezy. Let's get the Jeezy ass right quick. So okay. Jeezy and Jenny Mai are now getting a divorce after two years of marriage and one baby later. Mm, okay. My, my, my. And he filed for divorce. Now, you know, they always like to say, oh, it's always the woman. Mm-hmm. Doing the paperwork, da da da. Jesus Sailor, I'm about to get the fuck up out of here. She what must you think have been in the there. She was calling him the N word. <laughs> I really believe she was in there calling him the N word when she got mad. Did you see that video that resurfaced uh, uh, her talking about her anger issues and how she didn't realize she had anger issues until she got with Jeezy? Because mm-hmm. you were what white, white men, and they probably was letting you talk to them crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you got yeah, this I black man who like chill out. You that video of her talking about how. She has dark meat on the side, but white meat keeps her mean and lean. I really think that there's a big part of her that felt like getting with Jeezy was her dating down. And she probably gave him that type of energy when she was mad. You think so? I settled for you. No, ain't no way you think you settled for for Jeezy. If if dark meat is on the side and white meat keep her mean and lean, then she thinks... She that's a a fucking slave owner, white bitch kind of complex kind of energy. Like I'll go sneak down to the slave hut and fuck the the, uh, slave, but I'm with my white husband. 
I could yeah. never be with one of them. And you know, I was trying to point that shit out when they first got engaged. Like I'm trying to figure out has this nigga not seen this? Like y'all didn't see this and now the video is resurfaced and she actually said that live on the reel. Mm-hmm. That black men are essentially a side, a side item. Pe- a like side macaroni item. and cheese or black I, well, eyed peas. Well, wait, <laughs> macaroni and cheese is very good. So we won't. <laughs> but you're not just cheese. eating just that for dinner. So she I prefers. Would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> so Fucking I also good. saw this other document. Um, I mean, see, sorry, I also saw this other post where this girl had the actual uh, document through the court. Mm-hmm. So Jeezy filed for divorce. June 15th. Now, right, you can go right to before page. Juneteenth. She must have called her a nigga on this 14th. And you like, you know what? It's June. It's about to be Juneteenth. And I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, she recently she was posting videos, even like for Father's Day. She posted him a video. He had a book just uh, come out. And, you know, she posted in the caption, my husband, da 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 Like, so to me, she's been trying to save face. face. We don't or maybe know tr- why. Or maybe trying to save their marriage, you know? She probably want him as her husband still. You never know. I don't know. I hate, I, you know, I hate that. I hate to see another black child without their dad in the home. Because, I mean, essentially that is a black baby. So, I hate that for them. But who, did we not see it coming? It's almost like they think they're going to get different, treated different from different races of people. Like, this is an archetype of a type of person. It doesn't have any color to it. So we don't know why they're not together. But I think that black men assume that other groups of women, other cultures are going to be just just totally different. Going to let you do what the fuck you want to do. Going to always shut the fuck up. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. That's a personality trait. You don't know what you're going to get. From right. anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? But black women are seen to be like the most hard to get along with, the most argumentative, always got an attitude. We got a lot of shit to have an attitude about. Okay. <laughs> but we <laughs> still stay with y'all last for a very long time. But if a black man is filing for divorce from your ass, I, I need to know why. I really, really yeah, want to know why. And I never been files. that invested. Yeah. The woman files, not the man. So I think she's sickening. <laughs> <laughs> she gives sickening energy over the damn internet, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see some more about this story later on to actually understand why. But they do have a prenup. They got the prenup actually the day before they got married. And one may say that she might be able to dispute it. Maybe she'll say she did it. She signed it under duress because it was just the day before she's supposed to get married. Who knows? We'll see what happens, though. Well, good luck to both of them. Oh, uh, speaking of breakup, okay. more breakup yeah. news. Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumper are separated. They're not divorced, but they've been separated for a minute now. Apparently, according to Tiana, she uh, posted on social media that it was a lot of conversations going on. And she just wanted to clear the air that they didn't break up over infidelity, that they had other issues in their uh, marriage. And that was the reason for their departure. But they co-parent well and they still best friends. So maybe they'll come back together one day. I don't know. I hope Who knows? Know. They were I married like for him. seven years, together for ten. I like them as a couple. I like him. I know, y'all. Uh, this bitch slid in his DMs last night and gonna send it to me. So I'm like, hey, big head, send that nigga a voice memo. <laughs> Girl, send that nigga a week. That I know them DMs. Both of their DMs blew up. Both of Hell them. Hell yeah. You know, Tiana got the ladies and the niggas, okay? Right. Both of them in her DMs. <laughs> Oh goodness! I, like I you him. know what? I I 
like I don't know in my spirit, and I'm probably wrong, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I just feel like Tiana Taylor and Lori Harvey have like a thing. Like in a relationship a, thing? Not in a relationship, but like we're best friends, we have fun together, but we also might fuck every now and then kind of thing. Why would you think that though? Just because of how they be like hugged up on each other when they out. I never really even knew they hung out. I didn't see them hanging out. But maybe I'm wrong, you know? Who, who am I, you know? <laughs> Have y'all? But, but <laughs> I, I see, I mean, maybe like, you know. Like, I feel I like that's a fantasy to... in your mind, see? <laughs> 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 Sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> nah, bitch, I think it's all in your mind, man. They probably be rubbing them abs together. My head. <laughs> <laughs> Not the rubbing abs. <laughs> Sickening, man. <laughs> what else happened, girl? All right, so uh, Halle Berry is pissed at Drake. So apparently her people reached out to his people and vice versa, wanted to use her image for his album uh, artwork, and she said hell to the motherfucking nah, and this nigga still took it upon himself and used her image. And she feels like that's like a real-life slap in the face, fuck you, girl. I'm going to do what I want. So apparently they went to Getty Images, who owns the image, which I just, I hate that. I hate that somebody can sneak, take a picture of you, or even if, like, you actually pose for a picture. And because they took the picture, my image no longer belongs to me. My likeness isn't mine. No, I get that. I so Drake has her covered in slime. She doesn't well, want to Well, I mean, Nickelodeon slimed her. It was Nickelodeon who slimed her. It wasn't Drake. But... I, I can understand why she's upset, but I can under, also understand why it's like, oh, is it really a big deal? Is it really a big deal? Why'd you even ask me if you was going to do what the fuck you wanted in the first place? Why ask me? As a, as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As a cancer? No, <laughs> as, just a, as a consideration for you. <laughs> that is That's why that- I asked. But the image don't belong to you, so I asked you to be kind, but really I didn't have to ask you anyway. And that's basically what Drake's people is saying by using it. I'm, and I doubt Drake even knew. I'm sure if Drake knew that she said no, he probably would have been like, all right, let's find something else, you know? Nah, he but, probably really wanted to use that image. Fuck how or, she feel. Or maybe it's his people, like, get that image for me, and they got it. it listen, guess. Drake have so much trouble anytime he do anything. Remember he did the Vogue? And Vogue sued him for using a fake Vogue magazine. Holly <laughs> yes, because why are you doing what the fuck you want? Like, why are you doing that? You can't do what you want. Drake can't I mean, do you can. Want. I bet if me and you took a Vogue magazine and posted pictures with it, wouldn't nobody give a fuck. You know <laughs> until, what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, until we got real big. Yeah, it's just because it's mm-hmm. him. My poor baby. He just catching by This bitch be defending bullshit because it's Drake. <laughs> My man, my man, my man. <laughs> um, so Tyler Perry is uh, in the news, okay? Uh, his th- uh, for his thoughts on women, okay, black women in particular. Uh, he says in our society right now. No, let me start. Let me read the full thing. He said a lot of women, especially black women, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but I will. And he carries on. He says, in our society right now, black women are making a lot more money, for the most part, than black men. Um, if he, if you could find love, if that man works at whatever job and is a good man and is good to you and honors you and honors the house and honors his wife and does what he can because his gift might 
not be your gift. And that's okay. That's not, uh, he says, that's not somebody that's beneath you. That's somebody who came to love you at your worth. So he's basically saying, you know, meet people where they are. Um, and he adds and says, as long as he's secure in himself to know what, to know that, excuse me. And he says, as long as he's secure in himself to know that, yeah, she makes most of the money. All I can pay is a light bill. As long as she's comfortable enough to say, I'm going to cover the mortgage and all the other stuff. That's fine. Absolutely. That's fine. Right. But do you think that most men are able to rest in that position? Because it's an unnatural position. You know, I, you know, I, I can't say that most men are. I know. I know. I have a friend who left her husband because he just wasn't earning as much as her. Right. He just mm-hmm. wasn't co- as, co- as ambitious. Yeah. As ambitious, as ambitious or earning as much money as her. But he was he loved her dirty draws. He didn't step out on her. They had fun together. He was a good father to their kids. He just did all the things except that. And she left him. And she left him. They separated for many years. And then she went back. She went back to him because she was like, I had to realize that what he provided was greater than money. What he provided me was greater than money. I went back outside and I couldn't find that kind of love that I had with my husband. I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. So, I mean, I guess it's just about where your value lies. You know, what's more important to you? Is it things or is it having someone who can really love you? Absolutely. So my only, uh, the only drawback I see, right? The only issue I see with what he said was I just don't really like when um, people get on public platforms, especially being somebody as big as he is, right? And then singles out black women collectively and generalizing situations because majority of black women are in the trenches with black men. And when I say like, we might be making more, we might be making less, but nonetheless, we are with a black man, right? So I feel like we're the only group of, of women where somebody's constantly telling us Y'all need to bring y'all standards down. Well, I think we're the only group of women in this country that make more than our our uh, male counterparts. I don't even think that's true. I don't even you, think it's true. You think true white women are making more than white men? No, no, no. I don't think that black women are making more money on a greater scale than black men. I don't. I come from a corporate setting, so I know that the black men, and that's just my small sample size, right? Mm-hmm. The black men had higher positions and they were higher earners. So I don't think I, I haven't seen any statistics to to um, to um, prove that. Right. I know black women come with more debt. I've actually looked at those statistics because we talk mm-hmm. about higher education and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Your man might have never went to college. He started a trucking company making half a million dollars. You mm-hmm. got half a million dollars in student loans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it just I don't know where the stats come from that people like to use. But I think he generalized a lot of things in this in a statement he made. And I just want black men to talk to other black men. Right. Because I always say this black women, we talk to each but, other, but we talk to each other. But we also talk to men. So it's not fair to tell men that they can't talk to w- women when we sit on our show and literally talk to men all the time on what they need to do and what they should do, you know. So how, how can I, we say I that? I feel like I feel like when we talk about it, really, when I think about when I start talking about men, I really be thinking about men that I've dealt with or the type of man that I want. I don't really be trying to generalize like, oh, all y'all niggas need to lower y'all standards, right? I don't say no shit like that. That's really what he's saying on a public platform, and we are not Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's a huge personality. 
You know, I don't think he said lower your standards. He said if this man is providing all the things, but that's a except given, for though. money. That's a given. You is it? That's a given. I know because given. look at the status of our relationships in our country right now with black people. If that was a given, then things would be better, don't you think? So you think that black women collectively need to lower their standards? No, I don't think nobody so should everybody lower can their get married. standards. I just don't think you should base your relationship solely on money. That's all I'm thinking. But look at the economy right now, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I've never been in a relationship that I base solely on money, ever, mm-hmm. right? But <laughs> the more you start loving men because you fucking love them, you start reflecting like, maybe I should <laughs> start <laughs> focusing on the money. Most mm-hmm. women aren't focusing on the money. So for him to make a blanket statement like that is is just not true. And I feel like we might verbally say that, but that's not really how we live in our lives. I know you know a bitch taking care of a man right now. I do. Mm, I can't think of nobody I know, but are we I do now. I don't know nobody taking care of no man, but I do know women who make more than their men. You know, does that count as taking care of them? If they it make just, more. Is he just paying the light bill like he just suggested? He was wilding with the just the light bill. <laughs> he was wilding with that statement. But, I mean, and I feel like I know people who, you know, they have their dynamic that works, and their mm-hmm. man is not the breadwinner. They mm-hmm. are, you know? So, and I, and I, envy, I envy their relationship. It's beautiful. They're happy. They look like they're having fun. They're out on boats, and, and she's probably footing a lot of the bill, you know? But everything else is just immaculate for them. So From the outside like he, looking in, I don't know, you know, for so sure. So how but. he said, if the man is comfortable in that position, but oftentimes men aren't comfortable in that position. They want to be able to provide, right? So well, if, then, you can, if you can get one that's not in their ego about you making more money than them and not trying to make you feel bad for having higher education or earning more, then it's cool. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of problems, I don't think it's, it comes from like a woman Debo in the situation. It's because that's not a natural position for a man. He wants to be the one doing those things. And that's why you'll see, like, and I hate to use celebrities, for example, right? But this is, like, the best reference for most people. You'll see they went, they were with this one wife, and they struggled, 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 right? And then um, when they get on, they marry what they really want, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think we should be suggesting struggle love to black women because no other culture gets that. Yeah. Look, look, at, look at the passport bros. They go out the country so they can get somebody who costs less. Basically. Yeah, yeah, but with (laughs) celebrities, the majority of us are not going to be celebrities, right? You know, the majority of people are not going to be celebrities. So that's like, you're going to get what you get. You're going to date on your level, and that's probably going to be your level for most of your life. For the rest of your life, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like black men are hypergamous. I don't feel like black men really date down. How they suggest black women to date down. No, I think so. Uh, men black men are hypergamous, man. <laughs> black men will find a woman that he like ringing up shit at Target and marry her because of who she is and love. Her. I don't think women aren't typically going to pick up a man from Target. No shade on Target workers. I love y'all and I love Target, but you know, a successful woman is <laughs> what's really that discount to, like? <laughs> going to pick up the guy working the register at Target. She yeah, want him think... doing more. And he might be the best nigga for her. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think that's what Tyler Perry trying to say. But like I you lo- like you doesn't... at home lonely because he work at Target. But I don't feel like he has to say that. 
I feel like women are oftentimes dating somebody that's not on a level, especially in the black community. So why are you trying to reiterate that? We trying to get out of that. So how do we get out of that? Do you see what I'm saying? You talk to the men. So the men know the standard. But maybe grow together. In your 20s, absolutely grow together. Y'all yeah. both for real, for real in the trenches. When you find yourself so single in your 30s and 40s, like you really looking for somebody, not so much a growing, like merging. Mm-hmm. When you have what I got, what can we do to, to make this bigger? Right? But if we always starting at ground zero, you you still at ground zero and I got to work with you, That why are we asking black women to do that? It's a rat race and it sucks, Kenny. What the fuck you want? A fucking metal? <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? I don't know. Babysitter's Club. Whatever, no, y'all. I'm lying. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead with uh, Christina Applegate. Like, why am I know that? Girl. Why wouldn't you know that? It's a cult classic. Y'all listen. Okay, so today's guest. <laughs> today's <laughs> guest is the CEO of uh, Afro Future. Y'all going this year? We going. Yes. Formerly known as Afrochella. Yeah. It's y'all lit. We going. Mm-hmm. Y'all stay tuned. at t connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, listen, so today's guest is the CEO and founder of one of the world's largest festivals, Afro Future, from, formerly known as Afrochella. Y'all, welcome Mr. Abdul Kareem Abdullah to We Talk Back. Yay, thank you for coming on. We excited. <laughs> hey, I'm excited, too. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Listen, we trying to come party. I'm just going to get that out the period. way. Period. We trying to come <laughs> to Ghana and party, period. Everybody going, I see. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. You know, I mean, the year of return sparked, uh, you know, a lot of emotion and people and, and definitely has attracted a lot more people to come to Ghana to, to, you know, to one, celebrate, like you said, turn up, but also just kind of reconnect with people, you know, uh, understand a different narrative than what you've been taught, you know, or what you may have known before. You know, it's a great opportunity to kind of build that bond and build that bridge as well. So talk to us about like how you guys started with this because this was a, a like at least six or seven years ago when y'all started. With yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you know Ghana's home for us, and and like most African countries, a lot of people tend to travel back home in December to the you know to to see family, to see friends, to celebrate, and it's, it's really just kind of like a 
two week, three week long festival, depending on how long you have the ability to stay. Um, and I, you know, when I when I was going back, I just realized that it wasn't a lot of Americans there, and you know, at the time there was still a lot of, you know, cultural wars, and and you know, we wanted to be able to kind of have change the direction from, you know, here's appropriation to like education and inviting people back. It just so happened online that three years later would be the year of return, right? Um, so when I was going, my friend, my partner, and I, we were going back and forth to Ghana, and we just kind of started bringing friends and recording our experiences, uh, and then that channeled into us doing events in New York City. Eventually, we were just kind of in the swing of things, and we knew that we needed a way to kind of get people to speak to each other because we would party all night and sleep all day in Ghana during December because everybody's on is on holiday. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to change that a little bit, bring uh, bring more day type of events, get more people speaking to each other and see what we could build as far as creativity with the people who were doing some amazing work on the ground already. So you were living in the States. You were living in the States and going just going back to Ghana in December. Yeah, so I grew up, I grew up in Ghana. I, I went to school there for eight years. Uh, came back here to the U.S., went to high school, went to college. Uh, and then, yeah, we would go back annually. Uh, you know, now I go back multiple times a year, but we'll go back annually to Ghana in December and, and just really tap in with all the folks and friends from all over the world and family from all over the world that comes back home to kind of celebrate that, that the holiday season. So are y'all never planning to have the, uh, well, now Afro future in in the States, in America at any point? I mean, it's not our goal. We'll probably have uh, some type of experience that, you know, really markets and and encourages people to come back to the continent. But our goal is around building uh, the resources on the continent, building a way on the continent, and getting people to want to come to the continent. That's a a part of our goal, that tourism, right? I mean, I think before us, you know, there have been several efforts in different times, you know, where people have come back to Africa, but not in as much in mass as we have been able to kind of channel through Ghana. So we want to continue to educate people by encouraging them to come to the continent and not just Ghana, but all the countries around the continent. Look at the opportunities that exist. You know, Africa is the youngest continent in the world, you know, in the world, you know, by 2050, one in four people will be African, you know, so that means there's a lot of jobs that are going to be created. Industry is going to be coming to Africa. You know, we're going through a whole industrial revolution. I love it. And I think black people, black people should, should be a part of that industrial growth, right? Mm-hmm. We should be able to kind of dispel those narratives that separate us and, and find ways to come together and, and build with each other. So that's some of the work that we're doing on the continent, not just us, but across the continent, all the people that are building these similar properties. So uh, in 2017, y'all had your first one. And you were like, you and your homeboy was just sitting around. You was like, man, let's throw a big-ass party. Like, how did y'all come up with, with the idea? Yeah. So it's funny because um, we were doing events in the U.S. And we were very successful because, the you know, Afro, Afrobeats was was not at, was very niche mm-hmm. at the time. It wasn't on radio. So I remember the first time I ever heard, uh, you know, Afrobeats song on radio and how it made me feel. So we would do events. So and we have big numbers. People were flying from over the states to come to our parties because, unlike now, it wasn't as popular when we were doing it. So we had a lot of audacity. Decided to go to Ghana and just kind of throw a party, and it didn't do well. Uh, the party, the first one we ever did, didn't do well. Um, so it, it was just kind of for me. It was a silver lining because I saw something else. 
I saw that there was a lot of amazing talent that were performing and that they were performing hard despite the event not going as planned. And, and I wanted to kind of tap into that talent and be able to understand it more. So I knew that we had to kind of move away. Uh, in addition to that, so many people that are coming to Ghana in December are doing amazing things no matter where they are, right? Whether they're in the States, they're record label execs, they're, they're creative geniuses, they're scientists, they're doctors, they're nurses, you know, not only in Americas, but in London and in Berlin and Japan and Australia. So it just, I felt like it was a disservice to the people on the continent who were doing some amazing things, not to be able to tap in with some of these people when they came to the continent. And we knew that like the festival will be able to kind of bring that energy around what we were trying to do. So that's how the idea for the festival came, but it took some time to kind of figure out what it was going to look like, where it was going to be, how it was going to feel and how we were going to pay for it. So, so, um, yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, my partner, um, you know, but he's a big supporter. Like, you know, when we were finally ready and I just kind of knew, where I wanted the event to happen, you know, how I wanted to shape up. When I told him, he didn't hesitate. Like the same day we had the venue booked and we had about seven months to plan the first one. You know, I think that no matter how, you know, if you have an idea or you have something good to put into the world, you just have to kind of put it out there. And like the world will galvanize around you to kind of build it, build it and accelerate. So how would you say it's um, the festival has evolved since its um, inception? Oh yeah, I mean... Well, you said before it was, you know, Afrochella was and, you know, Afrofuture is, right? I think that what we learned in our journey to kind of invite people to Africa was that, one, there has to be a lot of education uh, around people who were interested in visiting the continent. It's not just, you know, tourism on the continent is not what it is in the Caribbean. It's not what it is in Europe. It's very brand new, right? Um, Even to each other, right? Within the continent, people have not visited each other's countries because of, you know, we don't have, it's not as easy to kind of hop on a flight and go to LA like it is in, um, in in Africa. It's not as easy to do that because you might have to leave the continent to go to another country on the continent, you know, just kind of the way the countries are set up. Or you might need a visa to go to another country on the continent, which was asinine, but, you know, that's what happened. So really, you know, our ability to kind of bring people together was, was, was a goal for us um, in, in, in putting this together. So, all right, I might, this is going to sound ignorant, but just roll with it, okay? So, the continent of Africa, you have several countries. So, it's 54 54 countries. So, it wouldn't be similar to, like, you know how in uh, the USA, we're going to different states, right? So, with Mm -hmm. the different countries, you would need, like, a visa to go to every country, or you couldn't just travel to different countries in the continent without it. So with your American passport, you can probably visit more countries than a citizen of Somalia can visit countries on the continent of Africa. Really? Uh, yeah, you might be able to, you can get into South Africa, but a, a citizen of Nigeria, Nigeria needs a visa to get into South Africa. Your American passport That's interesting. Will get you into why, South why so? Yeah, why is that? Uh, because of neocolonialism. A lot of people don't understand this, but like, you know, a lot of African countries recently you hear about the, the coup d'etats happening yes, in Mali. Yeah, I love it. It's, you know, it's just people fighting back, mm-hmm. right? They're, you know, the internet is allowed, is educating us. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that we need to learn and unlearn about Africa. You, you know what I mean? Uh, 
and you know just kind of how you're surprised that your american passport can get you in an african country and an african with an african passport can't get into that country it's just the way you know the powers that be have set up you know you know the world and the hope is that we can untangle that and and we can you know encourage more black people to kind of learn about each other like we need to learn about each other in order for us to build with each other you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um it's unfortunate but that's that's what it is right now but there's a new uh i just kind of feel like if i'm gonna say the bad side i should say the optimistic side as well Mm -hmm. like there's a new trade agreement that the african union has adopted it's called the af cfta um which is the africa free trade agreement and the hope is that we can get more, um, I guess, cooperation amongst the African countries to do more trade with each other and to also, you know, you know, reduce barriers uh, b- between people being able to get from country to country uh, without visas and things of that nature. Yeah, it is very easy for you as an American to go, to, you know, within the states than it is um, for African countries to go within the African countries. But, you know. On most maps, a lot of people, they draw Africa smaller, Mm -hmm. but most all the continents can't fit on the African continent. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's never to size. What would you say is the greatest hardship of building something like this? Because this, I mean, it's grown really, really huge. What would you say was the greatest hardship of building it so far, thus far? I mean, I would say there was a lot of learning on the job for us. Um. And, uh, you know, I think we also scaled very fast. You know, we went from 4,700 people year one to 12,000 year two mm. to nine, to 60,000 year three. Last year we did 31,000, you know. So we haven't been able to uh, match the, the amount of scale we have to the amount of money we've been able to raise. So that has been a difficult process, right, being able to kind of make it make sense for all the people who are coming to the event. Uh, but... Thankfully, we've been able to kind of make lemon out of lemonades, lemonades out of lemons. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've been able to kind of put on a very successful event. You know, it's attracted people from all over the world, celebrities and artists and talent. And it's been, it's been going pretty well. Do you get to enjoy it? Or are you just like running around like a chicken with your head cut off for the whole time because you're working? Or do you actually get to enjoy what you create? Yeah, for the first couple of years, I didn't enjoy it. The only way I knew the experience was through the feedback I was getting from people, and that was really the like the fuel that allowed that motivated me to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. How people felt about it, uh, how it impacted their lives. Some people brought their whole families, their mothers, their their wives, their kids, and just kind of seeing how it affected other people was something that kind of encouraged me. You know, because in the first couple of years of a business, you're not really seeing. Uh, you know, and also we had a very small team, you know, we've since expanded our team. So last year and the year before were the first years that I got to actually experience it with people and walk through the entire field while people are enjoying it and watching, hearing them talk Mm -hmm. and just, you know, people watching and it's an incredible experience. It's an incredible experience. What would you say is your favorite, absolute favorite part of the festival? So I can know where I need to be when I go. Uh, my favorite part of the festival, obviously, like the different photo moments and interactive moments that people get to enjoy on the field and watching them interact with, with them. I think that is really, really cool. Uh, I think also just kind of watching, you know, uh, people connect, you know, uh, you know, I've seen engagements 
uh, happened on our festival field. Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, married couples come out because they met at our festival field. And those testimonials kind of keep it going, like, you know, and, and also just kind of seeing how people um, react to Ghana. Like, you know, having, you know, I, one of the coolest things I, I felt was that Ghana is so safe as a country. You know, I was walking down, I was driving my car. And as I was driving my car, I look out my window to the left and I see two of my friends from Brooklyn, New York, walking the streets of Accra, like, you know, in the middle of the city. And that was such a proud moment for me because it was just kind of like, yo, they walking down, they walking down a crowd like it's Flatbush. Like, you know what I mean? I felt like that was very kind of kind of see them just walking there feeling free about it, you know. So, you know, there's so many amazing things to do in Ghana, whether it's if you want a club, you can party all night to the morning. You know, people literally there are viral videos of people on the beach at 8 a.m. You know, people you can do that. But there are so many cool restaurants, you know, um, there's so many, you know, educational activities that's happening uh, on the ground. There's so many, uh, you know, sites to see and places to visit once you come there. Uh, for me, it's the beaches. I, I love to drive. There's a beach at Blue Lagoon. It's about two and a half hours away from Accra. It's so serene. Um, it's quiet. It's private. It's clean. You know, it's one of my favorite places to go when I just want to hear myself in the ocean, the ocean hit, you know, I think it's just like one of the best places in the crowd, so, in Ghana. So, Abdul, you be dancing? Can you dance? You don't go to the club? Yeah, I mean, I'm a New Yorker, man. You know, I, you know, you gotta be able to do a little one-two step, you know what I mean? You can't, like, you can't be stiff, you know, I don't want to be a painter on the wall. You know, I, you know, I was a part of the little shake era. I got a little shake in, did a little 5,000. Toe out a little bit, you know. I grew up pretty too. And you know, when it comes to the Afro beats, I could do a so, little shaky shaky. I could do a little zanku. You, you know, I could do a little, little two step. Yeah, you know, little, you know, a little shoulder work. I got it all. A little shoulder work. I'm with it. So, all right. So, at the end of the 2022 Afro Cella. You guys announced that the festival would not be returning. I know a lot of the uh, festival goers are probably upset, but now we find that the name of the festival has just changed now to Afro Future. Let's talk about what's going on with that. Yeah, Afrochella was and Afro Future is. Um, you know, not only did we feel internally that it was time for us to kind of grow into our, uh, step into our big boy pants as far as shoes and what we wanted to tell as far as the storytelling component, we knew that the future is Africa and, and we want our festival to be synonymous with that as far as the connectivity of the bridge mm -hmm. that's being built between um, the diaspora and the continent. You know, we don't have any issues uh, with the other team. We just really was just kind of standing our ground as far as um, what we felt like we deserved and who we were. Um, we, you know, eventually we was able to come to an agreement uh, and that's why we exist how we exist now as Africa Future. Well, I like it. Can you tell us, like, what's the lineup for uh, this December? It's coming up. I mean, we, we we have a deal to do an exclusive release, but it's definitely coming up within the next week or so. So uh, you all will get that information. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be pretty exciting in the past. Last year, we had Burner Boy headline alongside Fireboy and a few other exciting acts. Um, uh, 2021, we had WizKid, we had Ari Lennox and a few others. Uh, so this year is going to be nothing short of that. It's going to be pretty amazing. What do you think about Burning Boy saying that uh, that we don't have any culture over here? 
Black Americans. <laughs> I think what he meant and what he said are two different things. You know what I mean? But, you know, I think it's all up to interpretation. Like I said earlier, we um, we definitely need to learn more about each other's cultures and understand each other's perspectives. And I think that would inform how we should speak on or about each other. Um, uh, you know, so, yeah, th- there's a lot of education on both sides of the spectrum that need to be had. Uh, in order for us to kind of stop these little cultural wars that that continue to kind of percolate. Well, what's right. your background? Is your background like where'd you where'd you go to school for? Uh, <laughs> I went to school, funny enough, for bio psychology mm. and I public health. He know exactly what to say in it. Yeah, he know how to like word that shit real good. Like, yeah, I ain't no, getting into that like, with y'all, so I'm gonna be like. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm trying to make sure Politically that, correct. You know, no, it's not even politically correct. It's really just kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm always going to stand on my ground up in the Bronx. Like, you know what I mean? That's what we do. But it's just kind of like, you know, I take the approach of education more so than I take the approach of controversy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, controversy is obviously what sells and, and that's what a lot of people love and enjoy. But I personally feel there's opportunity for us to kind of educate each other. So what kind of stuff like on the ground at, at um, Afrofuture, what kind of educational or in, in empowerment initiatives is Afrofuture involved in? Amazing. So we do a lot of things outside of the festival. A lot of people know the festival because that's where the enjoyment is. But even at the festival, there's opportunity for you to engage with different cultural troops that we bring onto the field, different artists and talents that we bring on the, to the field uh, that are also there. The muralists and, and the painters and even some of the vendors have a lot of stories to tell, and those connections are very, very important to us. Off the field, we have an expo. Uh, the expo is an opportunity for us to kind of foster that dialogue. So whether it's in music and, and education around music and entertainment, we have that. We've done that in partnership with our favorites, some like YouTube, TuneCore, uh, uh, Audio Mac. We've, we've done like several panel discussions, uh, meetups and those kind of things with them uh we've done you know poetry events whether it's giving creators an opportunity to kind of tap in with each other and tell their story from a poetry perspective last year we introduced black health connect which was an opportunity for health professionals in the diaspora to connect i thought that was really cool that was one of my favorites uh we've had conversation around agriculture and 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 food and, and 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 how we connect around food and and what opportunities uh, we've done things about beauty, about 64% of our audience are women. So we tend to kind of also like to try and have conversations around women. Last year, we were able to collaborate with this company out of Berlin uh, called CurlCon. And, and we had conversations about beauty and starting a beauty business. And, and right now, we're, we're, very, we're empowering beauty brands from the continent like Topicals, like Amicole, that are doing some amazing work in, in the space and we want to be able to highlight them and highlight the ingredients that they use from the continent. Uh, you know, so whether it's like food activations and discussions around food as well, are some of the opportunities that we, we dig into. Last year, we were able to collaborate with Modern Black Girl um, and we ran a pitch competition. Oh, I love that. I love Modern Black Girl. To, to, to kind of like tap in and, and, and win a prize to, to kind of help their businesses. Uh, we we want to expand and have conversations around tech, around business opportunities, around you know diaspora dialogues. You know what are our perspectives as men 
uh, you know, from from a diaspora point of view as American, from a British point of view, from a British a Black American, you know, what like what are the different perspectives of men? What is our tone? Right? You know, how do we differ? How do we have similarities in, a, in terms of mindset? Same thing around women and wellness, and how can we speak to each other and understand each other's perspectives? Anything that brings connectivity and fosters education amongst the diaspora, some of the work we do in the expo. And then uh, with our music museum, we tend to take the music off of the, the screen and off the sound and, and really put it in the museum focus. Because, you know, I may say an artist that you guys, I'm sure you're familiar with the song, but you probably don't know the name of the artist. And that, that that's like that for a lot of Afro, Afrobeats artists and artists from the continent. If they're not part of the big three, or they haven't uh, done a collaboration maybe with a Selena Gomez or something like that, most people probably won't know who they are. Uh, and we want to change that because we want to make sure that this sticks to your soul as far as the music and, and the movement that we're having. So, and, and really what it takes is the education. You know, we grew up with hip hop. Like I, I watched Mac DVDs. I, I read the blogs. Like, you know, I know this was my culture, right? right? You know, just kind of. So I follow artists from when they was a mixtape artist to now they're like, you know, a world-renowned artist. Like French Montana, I remember him as a coke boy on Smack DVD and now to see him as a superstar. Well, why I follow that story. Most of us here in the U.S. haven't had that opportunity with Afrobeats artists. Right. So that connectivity is important. So our museum allows us to be able to create an experience like that for artists and dig deeper into that. So we do a lot of those kind of things, and obviously we give back. You know, a lot of people say why we don't highlight that because we don't want Africa to be associated with charity. We we want people to associate us with industry and to highlight some of the you know the people on the ground doing the damn thing. Right. <laughs> you know, there there's a lot of people on the ground doing a lot of amazing things in, in finance and tech and science mm -hmm. and AI and creativity and you know in fashion you know so you know how do we highlight those right. people um that's what's more important to us yeah this this give back is an opportunity you know if you want to donate sneakers we have a whole day with the kids and paint and rebuild their school or provide them with food for the day and for the year as well you know we do those kind of things but what we're trying to do is encourage people to come back tapping with people doing some amazing things and let's let's work together to create opportunities absolutely that's so cool i'm thinking about i want to get my uh citizenship in, in ghana do they still have that program when well, they're offering black listen. americans to come over there and get a piece of land and in, in, in uh citizenship yeah absolutely you could come you can get residency and then after a while once there's amnesty they, they do the entire citizenship together but you start with residency i know a few people who have, who have gone through that process and have started several businesses around in Ghana specifically. That's dope. So let me ask you this. As a novice, because I want to come, what date would you say would be the best dates to come? From this date to this date would be the best opportunity to get a real experience. Yeah. The only thing I, I, I often feel guilty when I tell people to, you know, come like before Christmas. So we tend to tell people to come in the 26th and leave the 4th. Um, you know, um, those are the days where we're having majority of the activations, but it's really on and popping all December <laughs> and, and mostly throughout January, there's, there's always something to do, but the busiest part is the 26th to the 4th. Uh, those are the, the times where I will encourage a lot of people to, to, to come in and tap in. 
after the fourth, it's still fun. There's a lot less people. You know, it's calmer. You get to do a lot more relaxing stuff, but it's still a good time. Ghana's a good time any any day of the week that you go. Yeah, yesterday was crazy in Accra. What happened in Accra yesterday? Uh, we had uh, an event that we call My Piano and Brunch that we started in the pandemic. And it's a pretty exciting experience. So, you know, even yesterday was a sold-out event. So, you know, Accra is always popping. Anywhere you go on the continent, you can have an amazing time. You know, it's just really about going and, and seeing yourself there. So my concern is 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 vaccinations. What type of vaccinations you got to have, if any, to go to Ghana? I think just the kind of the basics, the, the stuff that's on your yellow card, the, the, the yellow fever, the mimps, the mumps. But even that, I believe the yellow fever has been updated to be taken off. Like, you just want to make sure that you're vaccinated against any of, like, those deadly diseases. Um, you know, you no longer need the COVID vaccine. Uh, well, you should have a COVID a vaccination to come to Ghana, but you don't, you no longer have to provide a PCR test or anything of that nature to come into Ghana. Hmm. Me and her ain't got no husband or no kids, so we can come before Christmas, honestly. <laughs> we can come early. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you right now, y'all have, a, y'all, have a, y'all have a blast. In terms of cost, is this an experience that mm-hmm. the average American, can, can black American or any you know race of American can come have? Or do we got to wait till 2025 yeah. and get our chips together? No, no, no. It depends on where you are in life and also when you're booking, right? Um, we give a lot of different... Um, opportunities for people to be able to kind of pay their trip over time. You don't have to buy it all at once. Yes. The, the most expensive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, part of this trip is the flight there. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the biggest hurdle. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also maybe sometimes depending on how you stay or the luxury you want to have once you stay there, but you can definitely go there on, on you know, on a pretty steep budget. Cause once you're in town, your money goes a long way. The dollar mm-hmm. is a very great currency to have on the continent. Um, you know, it goes a long way. Unless you're out there trying to kind of like live like a king, you should be fine, right? The the most the, the biggest hurdle you're probably going to face is your flight and accommodation, but everything else is, is nominal compared to the amount of money that you have. So we have a, a relationship with Air Affordable. Uh, it gives people an opportunity to be able to kind of pay their trip over time and spread the payments. Uh, we also have a uh, travel agent on hand as well, Mo Travel. She also allows for people to be able to pay this over time, so we can reduce that burden for people. Uh, but you know, it's it's I you know I, I don't know anyone that has spent the money to come to Ghana that has given us bad feedback about their experience or their their experience like what what it meant to them to be in Ghana, right? You know. Even if they didn't like anything else, they, they just kind of, you know, that experience of being in Africa and going to the continent for the first time changed a lot of people's lives that we, at least the feedback that we've gotten. Okay, well, send me more number so I can call her and get uh, my shit together because I'm coming this year. Right. They take afterpay? <laughs> American <laughs> Airlines takes afterpay, you guys. Or Klarna or one yeah, of those, take, so you can get your ticket like that. Yeah, air affordable, you know, we're looking at some airline discounts. You know, in the future, we're, we're trying to, like, do charter planes as well, um, you know, which will kind of help us reduce the cost. Seems like they're trying to stop black people from coming to Africa, man, every year. Mm-hmm. Increasing, mm-hmm. you know, cost. That's why I'm. That's why I was asking you about, you know, the festival ever being in America, because I, I understand empowering Africa, for sure. But we can look at other groups of people like 
I'll say the Asians for an example, Asian people, like they empower their people wherever they are. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not about like really like doing this here and then sending money back or sending the resources back. It's about us taking over all shit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 100%. So last year and this year, what we started doing is taking our show on the road. So between Ghana and December, we do a lot of activities leading up to December. Um, and, and so creating experiences here in the U.S. So for instance, uh, or, or in Europe. So this year we've done a lot of stops. Uh, we started off in Cote d'Ivoire, which is in Abidjan. Then we went to Paris. We went to London. Uh, we came back to L.A. We did New York earlier this uh, this summer. We have an event coming up with with, um, with WhatsApp and and uh, and DoorDash and at Nike. You know, Battle of Jollof Rice. And you guys are invited. Uh, it's going to be pretty <laughs> exciting. It's a basketball game and a um, and a Jollof love rice competition you know so we create experiences throughout the year um preparing people for for ghana we even went to the kentucky derby this year and created an experience there so we we're definitely touching our audiences in the different markets that we do uh but as as the festival exists you know we create about 1500 jobs for people when, when people come to the continent mm -hmm. and we are able to accomplish one the goal of getting people who have uh, long wondered about the continent, giving them a way that is consumable for them to come to the continent and encouraging that. We're able to create opportunities for people on the ground. We're able to build connections as far as people who are coming and the people on the ground. So there's so many positive things that we are accomplishing by doing it on the continent that, um, that you know, it just doesn't make sense to leave. And also, just to kind of put it in context, the the world is fighting for Africa right now. I mean, like mm -hmm. Russia, China, and America mm -hmm. are fighting for influence in Africa. Black people need to be at the center of that, and we need to be able to tap in as well. If if all of these superpowers are fighting for Africa, they know there's an opportunity there. And for me, the opportunity mm -hmm. should first be with Black people, and not just Black people on the continent, but Black people in the diaspora, so the Caribbean, the Americas, Europe, Asia, wherever you are tapping with people on the continent how can you support them how can you invest in them how can you work with each other to kind of you know do something is some of our goals right and get in front of the white man <laughs> Always. yeah they're gonna get theirs but we got to get ours too you know that part that part where's the jollof yeah. rice competition at so this year is gonna be at the nike hq everybody can't get in Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, but it's going to be, a, you know, it's invite only, but uh, we got space for you guys to, to pull up and enjoy yourself. It's, it's a pretty great experience. We've had a lot of amazing players. Like, the game was actually competitive. Jadena has played in the past. Uh, Rosgold, who used to be a player, she's played. We've had a few, um, you know, pro, semi-pro players play on the team. So it's been pretty exciting. It's co-ed. So a woman has to be on the on the on the, on the um, court the whole time, but they're good too, and and they're dope, and and they ball out. Uh, it's a pretty great experience, and we have an after party, and you know it's it's, it's vibes, you know. So we have an after party at Musica, so it's gonna be a very nice, you know, two weeks. Nigerian Independence is October first, so we're gonna be celebrating up until the eighth of October. So this is in New York, you're saying? This this is in New York, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to pull up. Absolutely. Pull up, please. You, you, you said Jollof Rice, nice. and you had me. You had me at Jollof <laughs> yeah, Rice, yeah. okay? 
Ghana <laughs> is a jollof rice champion. Uh, the jollof mm-hmm. rice that we use is two times our cry restaurant. Uh, we have you know two locations in Harlem and one in the Bronx. But they are two-time champions this year. They get to defend it for the three-peat. So I'm pretty excited for them. Um, uh, you know, hopefully Nigeria can can come with some heat. We're going to see what happens, and I'm going to taste all of it, and I'm going to tell you which one I think should win. <laughs> I I've only had Jollof one time. Really? Once. Really? Mm-hmm. The food is so damn spicy, man. I like to be able to enjoy my food. I cannot enjoy my food yeah, if I'm sweating and my mouth is hot the whole time. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I just be uh, eating it and wiping my nose because my nose start running because it's so hot. But that's okay, baby. Just wipe my nose and keep going. Yeah, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely Nigerian jollof, one hundred percent. So, what do you hope uh, the attendees take away from Afro Future, um, from the Afro Future experience, and what are your aspirations for the future of the festival? Absolutely. I mean. I think that my hope is that one, they can build a connection or a relationship with somebody that they meet on the continent. They could be intentional about dispelling any narratives that they may have or that the people around them may have about the continent and how it exists. You know, it's 2023 and people still have a lot of ignorant questions about the continent with TikTok, with mm-hmm. YouTube. And, and I think it's just kind of like, um, you know, a lack of effort on their part to kind of really know what's happening on the continent where we are. There's been a lot of disinformation that has existed so that, you know, we don't connect. And and now we're trying to build exactly. that bridge to bring us back. So if the hope is that, you know, once you come to the continent, you're tapping, you're, you're, you're familiar with what's happening on the continent, you're familiar with the perspectives. And, and as opposed to taking offense, just take a approach of just kind of educating. You know, we, we really don't know each other. We haven't had any real interactions with each other outside of, you know, the things we enjoy that are similar, right? You know, like mm-hmm. music, like TV shows and movies and things of that nature. But that's not enough, right? You know, it's right. like you can we can like the same movies, but we don't if we don't really have an understanding of each other's perspectives, then how can we respect each other? You know, so we want to foster that respect as well. And and the hope is that to you know to be able to support young people doing amazing things on the continent. How can we tap in with them and how can we work with them and how can we provide each other opportunities? Those are those are our main goals as far as some of the work that we're trying to do um, on the continent. And as far as the future, you know, we want to get into more storytelling, more niche storytelling. You know, supporting podcasters on the con- on the continent, supporting you know storytellers on the continent, and, and leveraging them to tell stories about the continent. You know, I think that if you're coming to Ghana, you should be able to watch a movie that kind of gives you a perspective of what it's like for everyday Ghanaians. And one that is not like uh, the life of the rich and or the life of the famous, mm-hmm. but one that's like everyday lives of people. And I, I think that we don't really have that yet. So the festival definitely wants to be able to tap into that, to that, to that lane. That's, awesome. that's important. Well, I'm excited for the growth Absolutely. of this. I keep seeing every year, I keep seeing it growing. And this year it's going to grow even bigger because Tam Bam going to be in the building. I promise I'm going this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm definitely, you guys will be my special guests. You know, we'll have a good time. I'll make sure all my spots take care of you guys. And husbands. And spot. We need husbands. We want husbands out It's going to be so much to pick from you. I'm not going to be able, they're going to be on y'all too. So, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we can pose immediately. Perfect. 
Yeah, they meet you and they tell you, I love oh, you. Oh, darling, darling, you. you're so beautiful, <laughs> darling. <laughs> hey, I want all of that. I want all of that. Well, um, <laughs> yep, yep. So can you sure. tell our listeners where they can find all this information so they can attend as well? Absolutely. On all of our socials, um, Instagram, X, Threads, uh, you know, Snapchat, <laughs> um, uh, TikTok, Afrofuture, Afrofuture, Afrofuture Festival. You should be able to find us on any of those, even on LinkedIn as well. We're, we're on there as well as Afrofuture Festival. Um, you can always go to afrofuture.com. That's our website. All of the information is there for you and for your perusal. All right. You hear that, guys? Mm-hmm. Afrofuture, y'all. Look for that because we're going to be there and it's going to be a great opportunity to connect with Ghanaians and the whole continent. So y'all, y'all better come. And husbands. Absolutely. Y'all should do a show. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm with that. Yeah. For Ghana. We can set that up for y'all. Y'all can do a show. All right. Let's set that up. Seriously. I'm serious. Don't be giving us no Hollywood. That's the Bronx talking. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Look, we can do a live show over there. Yes. For the festival. Have y'all incorporated any podcasts with the festival? Like something like a live show? Yeah, in the past, we've had had a few. We had Noah Holla podcast last year um, come through and they did like, you know, the backstage interviews as people came um, came on and off the the stage. Uh, That was pretty exciting. Uh, we've done some live ones uh, on, on, you know, in our venues as well at our expo. Some people have come out and, and do their live podcasts. So it's been pretty into, into, in, exciting. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's awesome, man. Boy, there's no real easy way to say this, but look, you're a sick. Hold on, we ain't getting get no simp story from Abdul. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, we <laughs> definitely got to get a simp story from Abdul. Damn. You almost got away. You almost got away, Abdul. I was getting away with it, too. I was getting ready to see my good eyes. All right, so we have a segment of our show called Dumb Bitch Story or Simp Series. And you got to share a time that you got played by the opposite sex. One story. And don't don't talk about when you was in the ninth grade. Talk about something from your Who you adult. flew out the Afrocella? Are you, are you married, <laughs> Abdul? Yeah, I'm not married. Are you I'm single? Not, um, not single. Okay. <laughs> in a relationship. Yeah. So prior to her, what happened? Yeah, so I said, damn. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Man, you guys have to help me reveal a secret. I ain't never real <laughs> Go ahead, tell it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, <laughs> to the best of us, you know, I mean, I was super, you know, super, super, super in love, you know, and I, you know, I just couldn't see past it, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she did me dirty, you know, with one of my, one of my young boys. So, you know, it happened to me. It happened to me in college. And that was my villain story. That was the beginning <laughs> of my villain like, story. See? Gorgeous story. <laughs> It'd be one. One bitch. <laughs> Me oh, ruining boy. a nigga forever. <laughs> I mean, that was vague, but I guess we'll take it. Yeah, come on. Y'all don't want the details Yes, of we that. do. Let's like, did she smash on the homies? What did she do? You know, a whole lot of, you know, you know, she just kind of, you know, stepped out on me, man. With, with somebody, friend. with a friend, with a, with, a, with my mentee. Did you did you continue to mentor this person? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, you know, I, I put a bounty on. <laughs> nah, I <had> a... <laughs> nah. I mean, we cool now. We all cool now. Actually, it's funny. It's like, you know, it was very young, and you know, I don't, I don't actually blame them at all. You know, I think that it was part of life. It was a lesson I needed to learn too. Right. Well, that was good way to take mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You still yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. her too? Yeah, we cool. She apologized a couple of years ago. Okay. I mean, it's always good. Like I like that my or my villain stories don't end with me being a bad guy. Yeah. They normally come back and apologize. So they always know, do. They always do. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I ain't telling no villain stories. <laughs> no, we tell us the time you was a damn villain. We yeah, want to hear us when you play somebody. <laughs> Oh, man, goodness. I flew her out to uh, Ghana and I ain't even, I put her in a hotel and I ain't see her no time. I'm a gentleman, you know. I actually don't have any issues with any of my exes, actually. Or, you know, people tend to, I tend to have good relationships or leave on good terms. I try to make sure it's nice and clean every time I do clean that. That karma good. Yeah. yeah. Them karma yeah, like, is real. Yeah, I don't want anybody, anybody <laughs> crying over me or crying. Like All right, Abdul, let our know. listeners know where they can find you at. And uh, you pretty much already told us about the festival and all that. So where what's your socials? See? Where they can tap in with you? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm on, it's, I'm, I'm on all socials at the ruler 2 T-H-E-R-U-L-E-R-0-2 is my handle um, across all of my socials. All right, y'all. That's where y'all can the find ruler. The ruler, Abdul. <laughs> thank you so much man for joining us we really appreciate you sharing this information with us it's a good time alright y'all if you enjoyed this episode tune in every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever the fuck you get your podcast at this is your co-host AJ Holiday 2.0 on Instagrams kick it Tam y'all it's official Tam Bam I love y'all thank y'all for tuning in remember to speak now and never hold your peace Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. 
That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.